A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, and thank you for listening to the Guitar Nerds podcast. If you'd like to hear more of this absolute waffle, pop over to patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where for as little as $5 a month, you'll be able to become one of our Patreon exclusive backers. That means that not only do you get more of us, well, actually, that's it. You just get more of us. Um, but if you pay $10 a month, you also get your name read out at the end of the podcast. Usually Joe does it in a silly voice. This week, it's me. Hopefully, it will be me more often. Thanks very much for listening to Guitar Nerds. Take care. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham, joined this evening by Matt Knight... Hello. And Jay Cross. Hiya. No Joe Branton this Thank week. Yeah. Evans. Yeah. Oh, no. He's off on Yay. his uh, off on his uh, American adventure. Um so hopefully we'll be seeing some fruits from that. Uh he put some did he put some stuff up in the group Facebook group already? No, he just texted text us. He's staying somewhere where the fella who owns it has got loads and loads of cool old pedals, so I'm sure he'll put some stuff up on the group fairly soon. And is he going to the Fender? He's going to Fender Custom Shop. Yeah, just to have a look around. I think he's booked in some time. Is, is he going to the Dream Factory? I don't know where he's going. I don't really know. He's going to one of them. Maybe he's just going to the Visitor Centre. He might have just been talking about getting a Custom Shop book. I don't know. I, to be honest, when he starts talking, I just tend to switch off. Yeah, I just don't really listen to what he says. I, I'm sure it was Fender. It might have, It might not have been. It might have been Taylor. I don't know. Something, he, like he's some, something in California. <sighs> I, I think, don't know. I think it was Fender. Because the, the visitor centre, you can build your own strat, can't you? And then they like post it to you or whatever. Yeah. It's like, yeah. He's, definitely, it's he's cool. definitely coming back with a, with a jazz bass. Yeah, I think he'll come back with something. Something weird. Um, Matt Knight. You were off last week. Um, how has your how's this week been? It's been all right. I've um, been playing guitar. I bought some um, bought some guitar pedals from America that I thought we might be able to review because I don't think we could get them uh, sent to us. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to get these and I'm going to uh, um, we can use them for demos and stuff. So I bought um, it hasn't arrived yet, but a company called Marvel Effects do something called. Um, I think it's called the Ramble Drive. It looks, it's the same colours as like the Iron Man suit. So I was like, well, that is cool anyway. Okay. Um, is this why they're called Marvel Effects? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And, um, wow, that, how they're getting away with that, I'm not sure. That's pretty mental, isn't it? I had no idea. But um, yeah, so I got that and it's uh, like a Marshall Plexi. And what I, I thought was interesting is that it's got two... It's got a master volume control, but it's got two um, gains, like a high, what's called high volume and low volume, like a Marshall Plexi, 
and obviously when you jump the inputs are you sure are you sure this company's not called ramble effects oh maybe it is i'm getting confused i think we've got some of those coming (laughs) oh really yeah Uh, oh But well, you can. You These guys are definitely just they're 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 definitely sat in their factory in wherever it is in the US, being like two. Wow, two, two orders in the, to, to the UK. These things are really picking up. Little do they know, <laughs> it's the only two people. <laughs> I, I can't remember the exact details, but yeah, I think maybe we've got some of these on the way. Because don't they do a few? Don't they do a Fendery one as well? I, th- I don't know if that's the only one they do or whether they do another one I'm okay. not, I can't remember um, but yeah that and um, I also got a uh, Mad Professor Sweet Honey Overdrive I saw which that was some, which is really really nice um, and I've been talking to Roland about maybe trying to um, get a System 1M and seeing how I can oh, incorporate yeah. a modular synthesizer <laughs> into my uh, right on well because I was talking to um to Jamie from Roland and he had because um, obviously they do a load of Eurorack stuff that can be controlled via iPad but you can plug your guitar in and then you can patch a load of stuff around on your guitar through like Eurorack effects and I was like wow that would be really pointless and cool so I was like maybe I'm going to try and do that so what effects do they actually do as part of the system one the system one's actually got like a delay a reverb and a bit crusher in it Okay, but it's obviously because it's a synthesizer it's got uh, filters, so you can run your guitars through those filters. Yep. Um, but because everything on the front panel is MIDI controllable, you could potentially use something like an ES8 to kind of patch some weird stuff through your guitar. So, How big are they? Um, is it the same size as like a Space Echo, big, big, or is it the same size as the Roland Boutique synths? It's a little. It's probably in. It's probably a little bit bigger than the little Boutique synths. Right. I okay. Thought. Um. But yeah, and I'm really desperate to ha- um, to buy a VB2W. Had another go on one. I was like, this pedal just sounds awesome. <clears throat> yeah, really, really good. Uh, the little bit of time that I spent with it when we did that Periscope session, I was like, yeah, this is an awesome sounding pedal. It does like loads of those sounds that you're getting off like the warped vinyl and things like that, like the Chase Bliss stuff, which is like two hundred and fifty dollars. But it's yeah. you know. How much are they? 169 quid or something? I think, yeah, they're probably going to be like so, 150 quid. So yeah. about, about the same price then? Well, no, because once you <laughs> pay it, import and, and shipping analog, and stuff. Actually. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Because the Chase Bliss pedals are digital. Are they digital? No, analog, analog, they are but they've analog, got but digital. Control, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, um, I really like the VB2W in a big way. There's already so much pedal gear, like... More, a lot more than anything else that we've seen this year and I, it's interesting I wonder if um, it's interesting to see how like you know some of the, the bigger companies are going to take this year on whether they're going to go whether Fender for example are going to go I mean obviously I know we know that we've got you know all of those new models that they announced at NAMM um, the guitars and the and the amps but when we get to um um, music Messer, are we going to find them bringing out a load of pedals to keep up with everyone else? Are Def- we going to find definitely not? Well, no, maybe not with Fender, but you know, the, there was that Sur um, the right. Boost, yeah, the yeah. Sur Boost pedal announced a couple of weeks ago. You know, are Sur going to go more down that route, or are they going to? You know, it's just it's very interesting that from a business point of view, obviously the growth is with is in this area as opposed sure. to the guitar market or the amp market. So are we going to see 
companies like Fender, Gibson, Sur, PRS, um, you know, are we going to see companies like that go, okay, we need to tap into that market? Or are we going to see a sort of fragmentation of uh, the industry? And are we going to see companies like Fender go, okay, well, the last time we tried to do some pedals with the competition pedals, they were absolutely pony. Let's try and just make another wicked guitar. But, you know, it, it, it's interesting to, like, where, where can it go? And where, where is there, you know, I'm just sort of thinking of it from, a, from a, a business point of view as opposed to from our point of view as 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 nerds. You know? What they'd be better doing, because obviously what they were doing for those pedals is like, were they Mexican made or Chinese made? I can't remember. Ch- I mean, they were like 30 quid. Yeah, Chinese made. So they were just going to a factory and going, yeah, of course, yeah. can you build this? Whereas what they should do, and what they sort of did with Boss in the past when they did those team-up pedals, yeah. was like get a bit of credibility in the pedal market by kind of working with people. You know, if there was like a Wampler crossed uh, Fender... Like a, a twin preamp. Yeah, exactly. Then, you or know, that would yeah. give them a bit of kind of credence. But yeah, I just don't see it happening. I don't think that... I think the reason that people are into this stuff and the reason we're talking about companies like Mad Professor or Cast Engineering or Chase Bliss or Magnetic Effects is that they're not Fender or Gibson or... Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, and that's why there's so much stuff is because it's quite a low barrier to entry for these manufacturers. They're not having to design a guitar, design and build guitars or design and build massive amps. They're building things that you can build for less than 100 bucks in your house. Yeah. and that you can ship all around the world without too much yeah, cost. Yeah, without too much know. hassle. And, yeah. you know, the sort of stuff we do is a great example. I wouldn't expect a manufacturer to ship us an amp for a review or ship us a guitar for a review, but they do. They can send us pedals because yeah, they're course. easily postable around the world. So, I don't know, really. You say the growth is in all this the kind of pedals, really, but I don't think someone like Fender probably sees it like that. They're probably thinking, how can we open up or, you know, like they did with the Squire stuff, they're thinking, how can we open up that two to three hundred pound market? Or, you know, they're they're probably not thinking, how can we open up the two to three hundred pound pedal market? Yeah, I suppose you're right. Because that's not where the actual growth is. You know, the actual growth is... With the high ticket stuff. Well, and also people spending a bit more than Squire or a bit more than, you know, I would say that kind of three to eight hundred pound market yeah, is probably yeah that's fair how can they how can they tap into that and they've done it before with things yeah, like classic, classic vibe player. or they've done it with signature models yeah. you know like um, reaching out to to players to expand the market I think that's the kind of strategies they use rather than going down a boutique pedal route yeah I suppose yeah interesting to um, to see though um, and you know talking about that kind of market being saturated should we move on to the cast engineer and Casper today yeah, which is <laughs> probably <clears throat> If this doesn't win Gear of the Year this year, I, I think it was... Was it announced this year? I think it was announced this year. I think it's technically allowed in. Um, this pedal is unbelievable. Um, and How did you, um, how did you hear about it? Um, just, uh, I think I just saw a press or? release. I saw a news story of it being released. Um, and it's, it's so good. It looks like a kind of old-style analogue delay. Just three knobs. It's... Uh, Delay, feedback, and level, I think. I can't remember. But it's three controls that you'd expect. Um, I mean... But it's digital. It sounds so good. It's like perfectly kind of analogue sounding where it needs to be, but it's like nice and crisp enough to... um, So that, you know, if you want to do like slapbacky type stuff, it it kind of doesn't turn to a mush. Um, And it's got light-up knobs. So, you know, what's better than that? Yeah, I mean, I I just happened to... (coughs) see your periscope of it whilst you were 
demoing it, and it did sound it did sound very good. Obviously, I only saw I only heard it down the iPhone, but I'm not sure that it sounded better than a carbon copy. I think it does. Really? Yeah. In fact, I think we, we need to do a, uh, a, a side by side shootout. Yeah. We should do like it. We should do like a hidden one. So get the uh, you know get the Fender delay, get a carbon copy, get something like that. DM yeah DM two W. Little delay shootout. Yeah, I think but that, then, but no cool. one sees, and then we'll just do it in some sort of weird competition where the one that the everyone votes down the best, someone wins it or something. I don't know. If it, only, if only we had some sort of method to like really easily switch between, have like a load of pedals plugged in at once, and really switch between them really quickly. Yeah, if there was only some way right, we could do only, that. Only, yeah. only. But actually, this company, I was just having a look on the website, actually offer a load of Blues Junior modifications as well. Oh, so do they? Okay. I think they totally win. Um, wow. They do like a complete rehousing and hand build, and they do it in like a flame maple cabinet. Nice. With a 12-inch speaker, or a 210, or a 15. Imagine that. A Blues oh, Junior with a 15-inch speaker. Oh, would amazing. That would be wicked. That would be really yeah. good. Well, they've sent us three pedals to, um, to try and demo. <laughs> um, we've got the Casper Delay, the Texas Flood, which I guess is a kind of bluesy overdrive in a sort of tube screamy um, type vibe um, and the pulse drive uh, which is a trem which, which a- has got knobs that flash in time with the trem which is oh. wicked and it's it's optical, that's cool. it? it's also got a boost yes it has that's cool yeah it's um it's a cool little pedal yeah, i think it's optical trem matt see that was the conversation we had the, the other day was when you were telling me about them you said that you said it was optical i think it is matt you might be able to confirm if you've got the website there uh it doesn't say okay it doesn't say specifically um i suppose it might be based on an optical trim perhaps yeah. i'm assuming it's it, they're saying it's based on a fender trim circuit which would be so yeah yeah uh, sounded cool well that no that would be no that'd be a bias trim wouldn't it if it was in a fender because it's okay Oh yeah, the valves. Okay, it sounded cool. Anyway, so um, we're gonna do have some full demos and stuff of those. But yeah, the um, the Casper delay, like I think even off just hearing it down the iPhone, like a periscope thing. A couple of guys in the Facebook group have already inquired about buying some. Right. So. Uh, oh yeah, that's it's cool. not available anywhere else, but in the in the. Um in America from like eight dealers in America and that's it yeah, apparently they will um, so one of the I forget the guy's name uh, maybe Alex in the Facebook group has emailed them to ask if they'll ship to the UK and apparently they will so um, or they'll, they'll ship to other places as well so um, yeah I'm loving this pedal absolutely loving it it's kind of how I took to the magnetic um, white atom uh, last year I think this is definitely a strong contender for wow. me and there's a, you know we've got a lot of the year left to go but I think this is is going to be up there. I'll be surprised it's, if it's, it's not. It's nice to just it's it's nice to find brands like this though because you know so often uh, you know on any of the groups you'd be like oh you know suggest something sort of weird and wacky and the same names come up and you know again and again there are so many companies out there and so many small startup companies making like one or two pedals. Yeah. That you know you just literally you know I suppose they just take they either take time to kind of build up or you know they just need someone famous to use one and then everyone inquires about it and then all of a sudden everyone wants one yeah absolutely <laughs> talking to small companies matty you got a uh, electronic rectangle for your birthday so i hear i did yeah um so a friend of mine um like builds pedals part-time um and he was just he was just doing as and them as a bit of a project and he's lent this one out to a few people and then he was like oh i've got someone bringing it in for you and you can keep it because it's your birthday i was like oh thanks man and it was like absolutely amazing because it's built in this amazing box he's had like all screen printed he's had the box like custom designed 
Um, and he's done everything himself, wired it all himself, taken circuits. And the nice thing is it's taken circuits that are readily available online, like schematics online, and then like buying different components because most of the circuits are like a fairly basic design, but there's certain you know, uh, op-amps or certain chips or resistors or whatever you can change. So it does everything from an overdrive to like super extreme oscillating fuzz. And then they all work in series as well, which is quite cool. So they all go one into another. Um, and it's basically yeah, like a tube screamer, um, but it's got a little bit more of the clean signal mixed in. So it's still like a tube screamer, but you know you can hear a little bit more clean signal. Harmonic percolator, which is awesome. Sounds obviously amazing. Um, and then a supersonic fuzz gun, which is done by a company called um, Death by Audio, which is based in turn on a fuzz factory. So it's got that kind of wacky sort of velcro self-oscillating fuzz you can tune the pitch in and stuff like that as well so but it, it just goes to show that you know if you know what you're doing with a schematic like you can take these circuits online and kind of make them into your own thing and you know spend a bit of time learning how they work and then using that in turn a lot a lot like reese did with bigfoot you know learning how these circuits work and then going well if i can do that with this particular thing then i can design something from scratch and come up with what he does that's pretty much how everyone's get has you know uh, get started in that that kind of business. Like if you listen to the Wampler podcast, he kind of talks about taking things apart and learning how they worked. And I was listening to uh, Sixty Cycle Hum earlier, and they were talking to the guy from Earthquaker, um, who was saying that he basically learned how to build pedals because his um, DOD overdrive preamp was broken, and he just took it apart and started looking at the board and saw that there were like seven components in there that you could easily get started making this sort of thing. So. Yeah, it's it's funny actually because I remember with Wampler, um, the guy obviously who started it. I remember um, probably when I started playing guitar, I was obviously really into like guitar pedals. He was just selling like clone kits, yeah, and like he was making his own kits and then just selling them. And then he was talking about modding pedals, and that was way before like Wampler became a thing. Before he put his name to a pedal and then started selling it, yeah and uh it's just nuts really like now they're obviously considered like one of the biggest pedal manufacturers out there yet he just started off by like being on like one of the very few forums on the internet and kind of just selling you know basically make your own kits which eventually became all the wampler pedals they do now yeah have you had any feedback or have you heard of anyone who's used to build your own clone stuff i think a few people have tried it um that I've seen online and I've I've been meaning to do it because I know how to solder and I just want to give it a go yeah um, I'm the I same that, I, I want to give it I want to try and build something <laughs> I think I've made the mistake though of buying a cheap soldering iron yeah and I think it's one of those things where it's like actually you need a half decent soldering iron to actually be able to do it but the circuits themselves I think once you understand the basics of how to read a circuit diagram like I think it becomes relatively easy yeah, yeah. I, I suppose the difficulty becomes problem shooting like you can follow it you can follow instructions and build something from start to finish but then with a pedal if it doesn't work like you've then got to learn how to backtrack how to undo a load of solder and like yeah that's the thing that i'd worry about definitely so definitely but i I, I just think like to be able to build amps would just be like one of those things that'd be amazing yeah imagine being able to like build like take you know a blues junior or something and then like totally modify it into your own thing yeah, definitely. I think we should maybe make it a feature on the site. Let's all do a build your own clone and see how we get on. I was going to say build your own amp. We'll all probably end up. <laughs> yeah, burn your own house down. I think will be actually <laughs> yeah. what it is. Should we? Um, should we dive in some news? News. 
Is that it? Is that your attempt at the news? Uh, <laughs> news. News. Okay, good. Um, so, only one bit this week. Sounds uh, like a car going really fast. News. News. Um, Korg have announced a new tuner, the Pitch Black Mini. Um, I think it's not very surprising that this happened. Uh, Matt, what are the deets? Uh, it's really small. And the funniest thing about it is it has... Well, actually, one of the best things about it is it is battery-operated. Which I think oh, is really? very good, because most of those mini-tuners aren't. Yeah, is it 9-volt? Uh, it's 9-volt, yeah. How? So it works on a little 9-volt battery. It can't be that um, small, then. It sits, um, rather than flat, I suppose it sits on the, the other edge. Um, but it, I can't really describe how you yeah you put it in, but it does definitely look like fit, and probably quite tall, though. So you could probably have it the same width as, like, a polytune mini for example but it's probably just slightly taller which actually will probably have its advantage okay um, but it also comes with little stabilizer legs that poke out the side so it stops it from wiggling from one side to the other oh so you can use it not on a pedal board basically you don't need to use a, ho- a heap of velcro it'll just work on a stage yeah cool. yeah so when it's on the floor it will just has these little legs that pop out good to see uh but, someone I else mean, apart from that i mean it's you know, a nice big LED readout. It's got that kind of um, the same sort of familiar readout that all the other Korg tuners have. Uh, tunes to the same sort of accuracy as a lot of the other ones. Uh, true bypass. You know, it's just following on from what they've already done and just made it into a small pedal format, really. Good to see someone else having a crack at that because obviously it's, you know, the, uh, I guess the TC Polytune Mini has kind of dominated that space for a long time. So. Yeah. And I always like the cork stuff. The pitch black I thought was kind of always a nice little alternative. I mean, I don't think it's as good as a TU3, which I think is the best tuner of all time. But um, TU3? Yeah. Well, you know, TU2 or TU3, up to you. I Personally, I prefer the TU2, actually. Retro. TU1000, that's what you need. Yeah. It's <laughs> biggest floor tuner. All about the TU1000. I actually use a Korg DTR1000, which is... You did a, have one of those. I did have you? one of those, yeah. 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 Did you have that in your mark base rack? I did, yeah. indeed. Good times. You could get the 2000, where I think the only difference was that it had a, a light underneath that you could have it shine down on the Ooh, rest of your rack. Oh, nice. Yeah. I like it. Good times. Now, I did say this week would be a question spectacular because we have not done many questions over the last few weeks because there's been so much news and other nonsense to chat about. So should we dive into some questions? Questions. Um, oh, okay, I'm back again. You came back again. Okay, yeah, good, yeah, yeah. good. I like it. It was, bit- uh, it was like... Um, uh, like a like a velodrome. Okay. Yeah, that's what I think. Question. Okay, good, good. I'm into it. Ben says I'm looking to upgrade my pedal board, and the main upcoming purchase would be an ESA and either the DD500 or the Timeline. I've tried both, and both are excellent. However, a 20-minute demo in a busy shop won't let me get the most out of either. So which would you suggest? I want MIDI control, I want presets, etc. I play grown-up bearded prog, uh, (laughs) i.e. Stephen Wilson, Flying Colours, Beardfish, etc. Now, I've never heard... I've never heard of Beardfish. But if someone said my band is called Beardfish, I would probably have guessed that it's grown-up beardy prog. I would say that's definitely what that name suggests. Right. So, I guess the question is, so he wants to get an ES8 and wants to use the MIDI capabilities and things like that. He's dead set on the ES8, but he's thinking DD500 or Timeline. Now, I know we've kind of flip-flopped back and forth on these for, well, since the, kind of, since the DD500 came out, but what's your current thinking, Matt? Um, I think I'm always going to be a little bit biased because I've had a Timeline now for 
like two and a half years. I think it's the longest I've owned a single pedal ever in the right. last 14 years. By your uh, big muff, your Russian big muff. <laughs> no, no, you're... I'm actually, no, I've probably... Ha- yeah, I've actually, I probably have had that longer than I've had the timeline. Um, but Sorry, I don't mean I just, to... Uh, the second hairs. longest pedal. Um, but I just... I don't think I'd ever get rid of it because it just does everything that you'd need it to do. Uh, and probably more, to be honest, more that I'd that I'm not using it for. But for me, I prefer the analog sounds on it and the tape sounds. The DD500 is great for more of the digital sounds and some more of the wackier stuff. Um, but there's been a lot on the forums recently. Um, I know someone on the Guitar Nerds uh, group mentioned it, and I saw someone else talking about it um, about the stereo spread. If you're running it in with two amps, that the D uh, the DD500 doesn't sound like as wide as the um, as the timeline so i don't know if you're doing a lot of stereo stuff maybe that would be a case of trying to get them and use them in your own rigs and see and see what you think but for me the timeline it does all the more vintage delays like so much better but if it's not if that's not what you're after then maybe the dd500 would be a better option um is it not adjustable the um stereo width i think it is to a point but then i think people are saying that it's still not as good as the timeline okay that's that's a that's a pretty niche criticism though i would say yeah you know the one thing i that i liked on the dd500 was the fact that where you'd normally have a tap tempo which is what you've got on the timeline you can actually set that to do anything that you want which i thought was quite a cool feature um but then once if you're using an es8 once you've hooked a timeline up to midi you can set any button to do anything so it's kind of like that becomes almost irrelevant really so judging it purely on just the sounds um, for me, I still prefer the timeline. Uh, one question that I would ask about this: Does the DD500 have that? And I forget the name of it now. I wanted to say multi overtone, but I don't mean that. I mean, what was the delay? The terror echo. The terror echo. Does it have the terror echo built the in? That, the one that has like the laser gun sounds in yeah. the background. Yes, it does. Okay. Which is a ve- which is very very cool. That is an awesome uh, awesome algorithm. I'm, I'm just um, trying to think like what might be in there that isn't in the timeline, and I well, really the, really like that is that is probably one that that's one of them. I can't. I the, can't well, the, the, the big thing about it was when because I remember when I tried the DD500 for the first time. Now I realise that I'm probably not the sort of person that should be critiquing to the two high delay spec pedals. delay pedals. Uh, on the market at the moment but you know when I did it I I just thought that the DD500 sounded a little bit too like you I prefer like vintage sounds especially with delay and I thought that it sounded a little bit too crisp but you said at the time you said that it it was a higher bit rate and it was Mm. a higher quality the delay the the delay was a higher quality it's it's got a slightly um, I think it's the processor in it um, actually works um, yeah, it's it's ninety thirty two bit and ninety six kilohertz processing, right. which is slightly more than the timeline. Um, so you know that's that's another thing to worth bear in mind. And actually, some like I say some of the algorithms on there are sounds that you you uh, you won't actually you won't get be able to get from, from a timeline. Timeline. But that but that once again, that's where the DD five hundred comes in. Is if you're after kind of more of those sort of special effects and and things like that, then actually, you know, I almost think the DD um, DD five hundred far superior where i tend to use the timeline much more for kind of tape echoes and analog sounds rather than things like shimmer 
you know, because I use the H9 for that, and I think the H9 covers a, a wider range of algorithms. Yeah. So we think for maybe a more grown-up beardy prog band in the style of Beardfish, maybe the DD500 is the uh, is the way to go. Yeah, potentially. I I don't know. I don't listen to enough beardy grown-up prog. Okay. What about <laughs> how about in terms of compatibility with MIDI and like hooking up to the ESA and that kind of more technical side of things I guess like apart from the sound like in terms of ease of use and just the general setup I think they're but I think they're probably both equally the same because once you've hooked it into MIDI I think everything on it is controllable uh, you know if you hooked up VNS I think everything is controllable via MIDI so it's fairly easy to use I suppose the only advantage if you weren't using an ES8 with the DD500 you've got USB and I can't remember if you can hook it up to Tone Central or not, and then you can download like other presets or you can edit them um, that way, which is quite a cool feature if you're using it for recording. Um, but but we, don't, going, we don't know if it can do that. I can't remember off the top of my head if it yeah, can. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember because I think a lot of the things now have got um, USB and they do allow you to do that. Um, but I think once you go in via MIDI, obviously you're kind of open up to anything yeah actually uh usb simply connect to your computer for patch backup um and midi opens up to many additional controls so actually yeah it's probably just um just, just backing up yeah. parameters right which you can do on the timeline but it's much more complicated to do on the timeline okay because uh, you have to hook it up via midi to an interface and then it uses some sort of really weird bit of software that you have to download straight from the Strime website but i think at the end of the day both are, are very very good um I suppose really it's kind of a case of hooking up, trying to hook up with your own rig and and seeing how you get on with it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I think even after two years, I'm probably now, or even after you know, I think it took me a good year to kind of really stick with it. I think, to be honest, if I tend to have a pedal for probably more than a year or a year and a half, I'll probably tend to keep it because I know that. <laughs> you know, point, it's a good I'm one. Kind of, yeah, yeah, and I, I think it's the same with the ES8. I've had the ES8 for quite a while now, and it's kind of like I finally now get everything that you can do with it, and it sort of makes so much more sense to me. Yeah. Whereas if I got a DD500, I think even though it sounds great when I plugged it in, I'd be like, oh yeah, but I knew how to do everything with the timeline, so you can manipulate it. Definitely. Um, Mark, not me, says, "How many Les Pauls do I need?" Now, this is obviously a fairly flippant question, but what I was thinking is. From the current range of Les Pauls, is there a Les Paul that basically does everything? Um, yeah, I was, well, I, I suppose the new Les Paul standard sort of does everything. Okay, in what way? In uh, Coil taps, phase, straight to output jack, and the 2016 high performance, I suppose you bought the high performance model, has got all this crazy internal switching which i saw the other day i finally had to go on some of these these high performance guitars i've and they all come with like um like solderless contacts for changing pickups so even if you want to put your own pickups in you don't have to take the circuit board out or anything like that you can just pop the wires in these little sockets and then you can connect your own pickups oh up really well. what like a yeah. like a hi-fi system yeah all oh, right wow that's pretty amazing yeah because you know on the old like my old um I think my SGs might be it. I can't remember if they should, but they started putting a circuit board in, so everything was mounted to a circuit board. Yeah, so yeah. if you wanted to put pickups in, you had to take the whole circuit board out and put four new pots in because you couldn't disconnect 
the pots because they're actually soldered onto the board. So um, if you were going to put in third-party pickups, so like bare knuckle or something, you yeah, would basically you have, have to, to strip all the-, all the electronics out of the guitar. Yeah, and 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 put a whole new set of electronics in. Um, but with these, yeah, they've got these quick connectors. So you unplug the pickup, and then you plug this thing in, and it works like a like an interim socket, and then you can just plug the normal wires in. Wow. So you don't need to solder at all to install new no. pickups? No. That's, that's pretty impressive. I suppose, that's it's, mad, the, actually. It's that's the, I suppose it's the same as the quick connect system on, on an uh, EMG set. It's exactly, EMGs, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's, very interesting. Because, you know, um, Seymour Duncan have done something similar for a while, haven't they, with that little um, set that you can buy, and it, it's like a little thing that sits inside your guitar, and then you just basically screw the... Um, screw the terminals in so you can then kind of do a load of different random switching for switching stuff in and out quickly so i okay. suppose i've just taken the same idea but then yeah it's got and I've, i haven't looked into it fully but the high performance have got all this extra switching for changing like the filter inside and how the tone pots work and stuff like that so how do you control that then there's like four little um so you can't switches. you can't control it on the fly is what i mean you can't control it on the fly unless right, you okay. were crazy to drill five holes in the front of your Les Paul stand <laughs> dip switches, like, yeah, yeah. you know that that will see what at least one of those at some point and just uh, have five mini switches uh, yeah, yeah no, none, uh, none, of, none of the people in any of those bands are playing Les Pauls are they no they're all tellies yeah. so um, <clears throat> so basically that was the the answer that I wanted really how many Les Pauls do you need well I mean one no that's not true one the only but thing you won't really, get out of that is P90s well that's also not entirely accurate okay um i mean depending on if you're talking about you know making it sort of making it work um the because when you're on um now which way around it is it because you can you can with the pin uh when you're let me get my words straight when you're when you go for the um pull up the tone control which goes straight to output jack yeah on one of those Les Paul standards, if you also then pull up the bridge um, pickup volume control, yeah, that splits that into a single coil. Yes, because the 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 bypass the output jack bypass bypasses everything except for that control that control the, sure. the up down control. So you can go to a single coil when you're straight to output jack to give you a like P90 Les Paul Junior style. <laughs> You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Does it sound like a P90 pickup though, or does it sound I mean, like a strap pickup? I, I don't think it sounds like a strap pickup. I think it probably sounds a bit more like a P90. Okay. But it's, you know, I mean, it definitely doesn't sound like... I, mean, um, I was going to say, that's why I'm surprised they never kept the chameleon tone. Those bizarre pickups from like a few years ago that had like all that do you remember when you like pushed the tone knob in and then like all the switches lit up oh were, yeah it was, like, up. it was like guitar modelling straight from a humbucker wasn't it there was no like head yeah. pickup or anything needed so there was no digital modelling it was all analogue modelling because everything it changed the pick the way the pickup was wired yeah so, so see that's that, that's what I was going to say I was wondering if you could do anything like that with this you know because essentially what you could do is you could put like I mean what you're suggesting with the 2016 um, high performance is really not that dissimilar to having like a Veritone controller like from um, from like a, a, a 137 or a 175 or something like that you know mm. I, I, it's funny really I was, I was having a conversation with someone the other day about Line 6 uh, about the Variax and I was like is there something like in your mind though that tells you if you're a guitar player that when you're looking at a P90 and you play it you go that's a P90 whereas if you've got a Variax and you go that's a P90 model and I know it's a digital model but it's just like no matter what you're going to be like still not a P90 yeah yeah completely there's so many other things at play as well as the actual sound um the, and it's, I think yeah. that's always the thing isn't it it's, I mean the only thing you could do I suppose um, would be Put one of those um, Seymour Duncan Fat Cats. Yeah, the Fat Cat. There's it a humbucker is, and the a P90. Cat. Yeah, exactly. And then no, you could buy um, one of those P rails. The P, P rails. That's yeah. it. Because then you could also buy what they call that. What do they call it? The triple shot ring, which has got those three little switches in. Yeah. Then allow you to change whether you how you how it's, how it's wired. Yeah, well. yeah. That would I be. Just, it's the ultimate utility les pool. I mean, the thing is, I've I've I built. Well, I say I built. I had a Strat once that I ended up putting like a hot rails in, and then two hot rails, and then it had like coil taps for each, and then it had like a neck bridge switch and like a phase inversion. I think I only ever used the bridge with everything turned up full. I was yeah, like, of course, this guitar is actually pointless. Yeah, completely. Because <laughs> you have all that on there, and then you're like, there's still only one sound that sounds the best. So, I um. I had a band practice at the weekend and I played uh, a guitar that was just a USA Strat but with a JB Junior in the bridge and it sounded so good and now I kind of want to get a Strat but we should talk about this next week because I've been doing some research. I've been seeing what's out there. Anyway, <laughs> um, Wilson says, a friend of mine is looking at a Harley Benton TE90 Thinline-esque guitar. Um, anyone had any experiences they want to share would be a gigging guitar. I think our feedback is probably don't go down the Harley Benton route. Aren't, aren't they the Toman own brand? They are, if I remember right indeed. Then. They're just, I mean, it's its like anything these days. I mean, you can take a design <coughs> to a factory and they will just build it for you. Yeah. Whereas if you take it to somewhere like, you know, World Guitars in, um, is it Indonesia where they build the PRSs? Korea. Uh, Korea. And they're actually like a dedicated guitar factory. Yeah. You know, or, you know, somewhere like uh, Faith, 
where you know, where they build face guitars where they actually set up a factory and then train all the luthiers you're still getting a fantastic guitar for not a lot of money but you're getting something that's built by people who know what they're doing well, i'm not saying that they don't know what they're doing in some of these cheaper factories but it's just like you know they've got to cut corners somewhere, somewhere. yeah I mean, how much is that i was gonna say my advice i mean there's there's definitely for not a lot of money there's a really good thin line telly uh alternative yeah, I mean, I mean, the TE90 is isn't really. I mean, because the TE90 is the the P90. It's like the Jim Atkins. Well, I assume this guitar is the Harley Benton TE90. Yeah, which will be the 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 Jim Atkins uh, version. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's well, that's why there's the 90 in it because it's got P90s. Oh uh, yeah, probably. Because that's what because the Fender because that um that the Jim Atkins Telly is. Isn't really. I mean, it's, it sort of is a telly, but it's not really a telly. It's based on the TE90, the Fender TE90, which they didn't produce very many of. But it's a through neck uh, thin line with P90s. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's what they did. That's what they made the Jim Atkins yeah. out of. Um, so this will be something along those lines. So yes, you can buy a Fender. Uh, sorry, a Squire thin line telly for not a huge amount of money i mean it, they're well they're they're still 350 quid um but you know for not a huge amount more you'd be able to get a jim atkins and that guitar is absolutely fantastic yeah they are they're such such great guitars um and but you, you know i don't know how much the harley benton is you know i presumably what you're i mean i guess it's what we would say is the same as what you would what we would say about anything like this like if what you want is something that sounds like a TE90 and plays like a TE90, then, you know, you can buy a cheaper version, but you've got to be willing to accept the fact that it won't sound as good. And he it does, won't feel as good. He does say it's going to be a gigging guitar, so I think, you know... It's, a, it's got... Um, it, it's bizarre, because, yeah, it's, it is basically the same thing, strung through, but it's got, like, a quilt maple top. Okay. It's very weird. Oh, really? 139 quid. Oh my that word! Is, I mean, that is cheap. <laughs> I mean, well, in that case, it's it's difficult. I mean, you, you just you just never know. Is the short answer? I mean, I think that's the point, isn't it? You don't... Like one hundred and thirty nine quid is 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 not enough money for a guitar. Really, yeah. really, you know, without it's difficult because you know you don't want to sound like you're being snobby about it. But one hundred and thirty nine quid for some. I mean, it. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will see you through. For six months to yeah, a year, sure but it's not gonna, it's not going to last very long. No, you know? think, there's, there's a the reason why. Is... Though, there's a reason why, you know, there's a reason why fifties and sixties Fenders and Gibsons go for the money that they do, and it's because they're incredible guitars. And they, you know, apart from anything, they're still here. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like they're still here. Yeah. and in fifty years, a Harley Benton T ninety probably won't be. No, I mean, I would say that if it's specifically a telly-shaped guitar that he wants and he likes the kind of look of the F-hole and stuff, then the Squire Classic Vibe, or is it Vintage um, Modern? There's two, isn't there? There's a Vintage Modern and modified, a Classic yeah, Vibe. Vintage Modified. There's, so a classic, modified. there's a Classic Vibe. There's a Classic... Yeah, there is one of each. There's a Classic Vibe Thin Line. The Classic which Vibe you can one get is in, really which you good. Which you can get in, like, a walnut effect. Yeah, so um, good. That's a great guitar. And then there's a Vintage Modified one, which is a bit cheaper, which comes in black. Um... And that is just, that is really, I mean, they're both great guitars. And, you know, you could, would you be able to route that out and put a P90 in there? Probably not, because no. it's, cause it's so thin but what, already. But what you could do is put something like a JB Junior in, oh, yeah, there's a JB Junior for telly, right? Yeah. 
Um, you could yeah. put something like that in. You could have fun playing around with yeah. like nicer pickups and but things like that. The thing is, is what you've done there is you've gone from spending 139 quid on a guitar to spending 300 quid and then buying another pickup. Sure, you know, and it's you know if if that's it, it is very difficult because the guitar world, but you know, being involved in the sort of the the back end side of things. Um, Speak for yourself. We've seen a lot of. Um, you know, you see cheap stuff come back, and you see stuff, um, you see stuff break easily when it's cheap. You know, you do see a higher proportion of cheap stuff going wrong earlier. Yeah. Um, and so, if you can spend the extra money and go for something that isn't 139 quid, I definitely think it's worth doing. But if you can't do that, just be aware of the fact that it's not a huge amount of money for what it is, and it's probably not going to last a huge amount of time. I think the thing is, at the end of the day, is it's like, if it if it turns up working, and you're just playing at home, it's probably going to last ages. But I always think the thing with those cheaper guitars is they're not finished to the same sort of quality. So you've got things like, you know, fret edges. You know, maybe it's not some of the frets aren't finished and polished nicely. Uh, you know, maybe it's not had a half decent setup. And sometimes those cheaper guitars, you can do all of that, and then you know it does make a big difference. But, you know, do you want to buy a guitar that you might have to spend 50 to 100 quid on when you've then spent 200, 300 quid and you could just buy something new for 300 quid you know is going to come straight yeah. out of the factory, like, playing amazingly? It's like that um, Aria Mosterite copy that I've got. Like, it's it just not cool. that fun to play. No. It's just not nice. It's not a nice guitar. It's kind no. of okay. And it was, like, 150 quid, I think, they go out for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just not a nice guitar to play. I don't enjoy playing it. Whereas I pick up the Les Paul that I've got, and even though at the moment it's not sounding the best, needs some work doing to it, like it's a really nice guitar to play. Um, and that's the difference between something at 150 quid yeah. and, I mean, that was, or that or the equivalent was kind of four to 500 quid. Yeah. That's sure. the difference. It's like you get a guitar that's actually nice to play. Yeah. So, um, but even jumping up to the Squire, like that um, classic vibe thin line is awesome. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, they're what three, 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 two, nine, three fifty, I yeah. think, probably yeah. something like yeah. that. Um, Joe says there are sections and songs where I have to switch between a heavy section and a clean jangly section. I'd like to be able to do this without the harshness of really sudden changes in tone slash volume. It's very easy in a studio, but is there a way to do this when you're the only guitarist and playing live? At the moment, I'm tap dancing on an overdrive. An overdrive, a channel switcher, and a reverb pedal in order to make my last distorted chord ring continue into the cleaner parts. I've also tried with a volume pedal, but I can't make this work right either. I'm looking for a distortion pedal that holds what you play last and has an adjustable speed fading level control, if you see what I mean. Does such a thing exist, or would it be a terrible idea? If it does exist, where might I find it? And what other options are available for me to do the same job? Matt Knight. Wow. (laughs) Um... Because I started off and I was like, oh, it just sounds like he wants like a boss line selector so he can just go between a clean sound and a distorted sound without switching on three pedals. But that's not what he wants. He wants to actually physically fade between two different pedals. There is actually um, Gig Rig who make the, the G2 switching system and, and various other things do a box a pedal called the Wet Box, um, which basically is a dual looper. So you, you go guitar in and then out into your amp and then there's a, an A loop and a B loop. So, for example, you put a distortion in A and a, and a delay in B. You then plug an expression pedal in and it will allow you to then blend in the second amount of the other loop. 
So you could do it that way. So oh, you could so have the distortion pedal on all the time, and then you fade the expression pedal back, and it will fade the second right, okay. loop out. So the loop, so both loops are on all the time, and you've yeah. just got the option to basically bring one in or out again. Kind of like, well, yeah. kind of like a, yeah, okay. Like a, yeah, okay, that's that's a really interesting way of doing things. I've not heard of anybody um, else do anything like that before. Yeah, let me let me have a look, because if I remember rightly, yeah, so you've basically got, uh, yeah, input and then output, and then you've got two sends, or you've got uh, input A, yeah, and then send A. I think actually what it is, is it's your um, normal guitar in to output, and then there's a second loop, which you then you use the expression pedal to fade between. Yeah. So you can use it as a parallel mixer. So both are um, at zero and then you can fade them both in. Or you can use an AB mixer to go between, say, two different types of effects. Yeah. Um, you can use it for effects loops as well, apparently. Um, so, yeah, that that's the one thing I try because I reckon that would probably be the simplest way of doing it. So that's the gig rig um, wet, wet box. box. Okay. Is it... I'm just thinking about something like the Boss ES5, like a smaller looping uh, solution that would allow him to plug all his delays in, all his pedals in, sorry, set up some presets. Will that allow you to blend between? Can you plug an expression in and blend between presets? I, I've i tried, um, and because um, what I tried to do was set up an, an expression pedal on the ES8 where when you push the expression pedal forward, it then blended in another loop or switched on another effect for yeah. example the problem is is because it works on like current there's an there's an audible electrical click when you fade another pedal in because there's obviously a relay in there so it's obviously switching in a relay on that on that pedal and because yeah. you're doing it on the expression pedal it, it picks it up so you end up getting this yeah quite loud audible click as okay. you fade in what you could do would be use the carryover feature well actually you could yeah you could use the carryover feature which means that you engage tell a loop to carry over like delay for example and then when you switch to another preset that loop which you've now turned off will still carry on for okay. a set amount of time okay um and you can set up parallel loops so you can have um you know a delay and a distortion running in parallel rather than in series so if you're using two amps um you get clean sound from one side and, and dry sound from the other sure or you get more clean sound than distorted sound for example but it still wouldn't allow you to say for example fade out the distortion um there's also i think uh, bright onion pedals which we've talked about before make something called uh the trails great switcher. noise great noise yeah oh, i was thinking thinking um <laughs> It's my thinking. Uh, <laughs> it's a great sound. noise. I mean, um, no one on the podcast is going to get this, but the accompanying face was amazing. <laughs> Especially uh, over over Skype. It was... Yeah, uh, lovely. Absolutely sort of awesome. Froze on that um, face. Yeah, so they, they do something called the trails <laughs> switcher, which you put your delay in, it turns an analog delay or anything true bypass to then, um, like, buffered. So it's got a buffer built into it. So, for example, with a delay like an AD9, where as you step on it, it turns off. You run this pedal, you run it in the loop of this pedal, and it works like a you know a one loop switcher. But because it's buffered, it keeps the delay trails going without cutting off the uh, without cutting off the wet signal, but it cuts off the dry signal. That's uh, really cool. So that 
that might potentially work, but it's not working on the distorted side of things, only on the clean side of things. Yeah. Hmm. So and I think the wet box wet is box. the one that would definitely do it because then you can physically fade in and out with an expression pedal. Do we know how much the wet box is? Uh, 157 so it's not cheap but it is obviously like super high quality yeah i think exotic do in fact actually um pigtronics do the Keymaster, which would do a similar thing as well okay again uh, not cheap uh, though they're over 200 quid but the problem is with anything when you come up with an idea like this for guitars the solution is never cheap no <laughs> probably because it's not a solution that a lot of people need so uh, that's driving up no, the price I, I had a I had a weird one the other day someone wanted to use um, two so wanted to use a stereo setup but with two effects loops and I was like I, I don't think that's possible because you can't if you run one effects loop into the other if you chain effects loops you're effectively cutting out the preamp of the second amp yeah. So I was like, you need a box that basically takes guitar in, sends stereo out into two amps, but then also sends two feeds to effects loops. And I was like, I wonder if there's someone who does it and actually radial make a box. Of course they do. But it's like 300 quid, but they're like, well, you know, if you really need that solution. That's what we, didn't we talk really about that? that? Was it the amp driver? No, the shotgun. The shotgun amp driver. Was that... I don't know. Did we talk about that? I don't no, know. we talked about it. We talked about it last week. Yeah, when you we, weren't here. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. I think that's probably what you're talking about. It basically sends four parallel signals out. That's probably it. Could be that one. Anyway, um, Dylan says, anyone have any suggestions on build your own guitar kits? I found a decent looking option for a good sale price, but have no experience in that area. And um, what do we recommend for build your own stuff? I've not really. It's not something I've delved in. Like. I've not, not something that I've kind of researched for a long time. Warmoth, I think, was always my kind always of go-to. It's it's so expensive. It is now. It is, used to be quite affordable, didn't it? used to be it? super cheap. Yeah. And then I think they realised that actually they've probably got a good thing going here. And yeah. then. But, I've, I mean, the thing is, it's like, I, I really like Warmoth. I think what you can do in terms of picking different things is amazing. And I think some of the guitars I've seen have been from anything from really cool to super wacky because I think sometimes when you give them the choice people go yeah man I'll have like a babinga body and then I'll, I'll pick my own like quadruple A flame quilt top and it's like and then you get this thing and this body's cost you 900 quid <laughs> and I think ultimately the only problem with that is is the guitar uh, is effectively worthless like yeah. once you've put the, the, the guitar as a, as a whole is worth less than the parts individually I think which is always the thing that kind of people don't tend to get with that sort of thing um and also if you're going to do it i think buying from warmoth at least you know the neck's going to be finished and like all the frets are going to be done mm -hmm. there's some great guitar kits out there that cost a couple of hundred quid but you need to have some sort of skill in terms of being able to set up a guitar and maybe do fret work and things like that and the finishing as well like warmoth stuff you know that if you go for a finished body it's going to be a top-notch finish. If you go for a guitar kit that's 200 quid, the finish that you get on it is probably not going to be very nice at all. Like, the actual body itself is probably going to look pretty horrible. I mean, most of the luthiers I know couldn't finish a guitar body for... For toffee. 200 quid, do you oh, know what okay. I mean? Yeah, yeah, completely. Uh, I, I remember getting... I was thinking about getting a P-Bass body specced up in Fuchsia Sparkle, and... Uh, like I took it to, or I spoke to a local luthier about it, and he was like, 
350 quid something yeah. like that for a, like a metallic flake it's because the, it's because the guns think they have to use for different finishes like flakes obviously you have to have like a different nozzle and then obviously it's the paint that's expensive yeah. so i think that ultimately yeah warmoth is expensive but that's the way you're going to do it if you kind of got a crazy spec if you know what you're doing and you just want to build something cheap and you just want to put a guitar together then actually some of the cheap kits you can buy on ebay are, are pretty good yeah, definitely. Don't expect it to be worth anything. I think it's always the key thing yeah, when we definitely. talk about build your owns. Like I saw a guy on a forum today who's he posted a question that was just if a guitar is nine hundred pounds new or it costs nine hundred pounds to build, what's it worth second hand? And it's like that's such an open question because if it's if it was a USA strat that costs nine hundred quid, it's probably worth six hundred quid. Yeah. But if it's something that you spent nine hundred quid on from Walmart it's probably worth a hundred pounds. I mean, I think, it, 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 I think, I think actually nowadays you've got um, a better chance of selling something for a more reasonable payback. Sure, because you, because you've got like there are so many Facebook forums out there, and you know you've got you've got access to the other other nerds like you sure you know who who can who can appreciate something for what it is and for what what it is what it is worth whereas you know even even i you know i know a lot about guitars i don't i don't want it's not worth anything to me no because you know i i sort of you want a fender or you want a gibson like you can't judge what that person's craft yeah is, absolutely is like absolutely and you know i know that we get a lot of slack and i think possibly me lot, more than more flack a lot of flack, a lot of flack sorry and possibly me more than the rest of everyone here for being a uh, very sort of you know fender and gibson orientated but you do know what you're going to get yeah you know completely. it's it's that it, that that yeah. can the um consistency you know definitely definitely I think it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because there's there's some great boutique companies out there and builders, but you give someone the choice between that and, and a Gibson in terms of second hand, you know, the the boutique one that's one person spent a hundred hours on is just it's just not going to be the same. No, and I know, um, you know, I always use the example of the guitar that I bought from eBay that was a Warmoth parts guitar that i paid i think 300 quid for from a guy had a really expensive pickup in it had a neck from warmoth that was you know a couple of hundred quid and i ended up selling the neck for almost as much money yeah. as i paid for the whole of guitar of course yeah it, like you say the parts are almost worth more than the guitar when it's put together because there is that thing of like okay what's this person done to this guitar mm-hmm. like at least if it's just a neck you kind of know it's just a warmoth neck you know if you're buying a yeah. parts caster it's like oh got all these bits Anyway, let's do uh, maybe a couple more questions. Um, This one is also a bit about building. Um, Mark says, I made a mistake a few years back and put my money into a Kickstarter campaign for a hand-built Tele-style guitar. After super long delays, I've basically been sent a part-painted instrument that's not even been wired up. It's a shame as the neck and body are both nice pieces of lumber, so scope for a bit of a project. At this point, everything is on the table. I have two traditional pickup Tele's, so I'm open to other options. My first thought would be a tribute guitar of sorts, a Muddy Waters or Andy Summers, uh, maybe. But I'd like to hear some off-the-wall ideas that I could maybe go with. What would you build, chaps, if you were given a nice telly neck, nice telly body, you already had a traditional telly, what would you go for? Is there anything else to build but an Esquire? 
<laughs> are you getting anything more out of an Esquire though than you would out of he, no you're getting less well of course <laughs> <laughs> but then why do they still exist um, it's, it's, it's funny isn't it like I, I don't know because obviously I've got the Baja which I put the TV Jones in the neck and it's like that you know it's a cool sounding guitar and it's ruined it but you know just at the end of the day like building an Esquire I just they're the best okay well, let's that, assume I mean, that, that's what I do or build a stealth Esquire so put a super high powered pickup on, under the scratch plate then people like Jay would still go cool Esquire and you'd be like ha that's what you think <laughs> maybe whereas <laughs> you've, you've actually got, got Damasio cool Super Distortion can, yeah, I think this is what you this super cool EMG under the plate yeah. that you can just whack in when you really want uh, all I'm saying is uh, Fernandez Sustaniac underneath the uh, <laughs> underneath the pit guard you're onto a winner and many dip switches as you can like tiny little micro switches was there a um, was there an Esquire? Do I remember seeing a Fender at one point and it was actually a Fender-built instrument that had no pickup, but it looked like a telly and yes. then all it had was actually a piezo? Yes. yes. The uh, Acoustasonic Telecaster? Te- there was two. Acoustasonic Tele and the Teleacoustic, which was an acoustic guitar. But No, the Teleacoustic, yeah, was an acoustic guitar because they also did a Strat acoustic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Acoustasonic, um, which I believe only came in Olympic white. Yeah. Um, oh god, that's such an awful guitar. Uh, they weren't very good, and they were very expensive as well. They were terrible, really, really expensive. You were paying more to have no pickups. Awful. Yeah. Awful. Um, I tell you what, I did see actually some of the actual Fender Custom Shop Stealth Esquires made by oh. the fella who died. John English. John English. One of those is up for sale at the moment uh, on the fretboard forum, I think. And it was going for three and a half grand, which like doesn't seem like enough. I well, for no, what it is, I, I mean, they would go, it should go yeah. way more than that yeah. usually. So I mean, the, and like, and that's the price of a of a secondhand master built, you yeah. know, let alone a secondhand master built that has that amount of limited uh, limited numbers, limited numbers and heritage, but also presumably limited appeal, which well, is of you course, know, of course, because yeah, I mean, I just I found an old um, one on Reverb. Uh, from about two years ago it went for £6,200 yeah. I think it was a bit of a bargain that, for someone to be to snap up there definitely yeah, I, wish I, had, I wish I had three grand because I'd just buy it and sell it sell it straight away <laughs> sell it straight away um, let's do one more quick question um, Sam oh sorry we never actually decided what we would build so Matt you're saying Stealth Esquire Jay what are you saying um, I would so I, I as we discussed a couple of weeks ago I've got a deposit down now on a offset telecaster bear in mind he's got a telly body um, i've got a deposit down on an offset telecaster which is as we all know a telemaster i think maybe what you should do is the uh uh the jazz caster caster so put like put like jag jazz master pickups yeah and maybe a jazz master trim on a telecaster body go okay. the other way okay jazz caster I'm going to say, because I recently saw... I a, also really don't do that because that will be rubbish. Just put, just make another cool telly. <laughs> I recently saw a um, Stratasonic for sale, which was a mahogany-bodied Strat with two Dynasonics in it. Um, and I think, basically, you should build that. Put, you're going to have to dig quite deep into the body, but two Dynasonic pickups um, wow, okay. in there. So that's but that's the Harrison guitar, isn't it? Uh, yeah, the kind of like gildy looking pickups. Yeah, but that's that's just the 
That's what George Harrison. Oh no, he because he, no, he didn't, did he? What are you talking about, George Harrison? Yeah, he of, had, of the Beatles. Of the Beatles. Yeah, he had. Um, oh no, he had a Rosewood Telecaster. Yeah. Sorry, it's been a long. He day. did play. I mean, he, the George Harrison Gretsch guitar has got a kind of Dinosonic style. Yeah, and that's made of mahogany. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, no, they they did a weird thing called the Stratasonic, which was weird. It was like those. Um, oh, a Strat, not a Tele. Oh, yeah, so exactly. I, I've got to be honest with you, Mark. I just wasn't listening to you. Good. Thanks very much. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's what you should build a Tele with two Dinosonics in it. I think that is the way. Can you buy, can you even buy Dinosonics? I don't know. Get them I, off eBay. I or don't something. know if you can because obviously you can buy. TV Jones pickups, which are sort, which are Gretsch style, but they're not Gretsch pickups. No, but can you buy probably somewhere Dinosonics? Just get some of those. Anyway, Just, okay. <laughs> um, we're up at time, gentlemen. This is the uh, it's the end of the podcast. The end of the podcast as we know it. Indeed, that's not the tune of that song. Um, <laughs> but um, we've got a whole load more because we asked for loads and loads of questions. So we'll answer some more in uh, this week's Patreon episode over at patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where from as little as $5 a month, you can get an extra half an hour of guitar nerds content oh every gosh. week. Oh my God. Um, what's that thing that's been going around the internet at the moment with the damn Daniel? Damn Daniel, have you not seen it? I know, I just, <laughs> just keep seeing so Whenever anyone posts anything on the internet now, it just has damn Daniel before it. It's just like, it's just really stupid. It's just this one kid. Uh, I, I watched the whole thing and like, I, they went on Ellen. Like, okay. That it was, it's been mental. It's had like 60 million views. That's like almost as many years as it's been since there were dinosaurs on the earth. But there was, so basically, it's just a kid just admiring his friend's style, just being like, oh, damn, Daniel, you're looking great today. And he just filmed himself doing that as a Snapchat story for like seven days in a row. And people were like, oh, this is great. Keep doing it. And then someone put like stretched it all together and it went on to, made, made itself onto YouTube. And yeah, they went on Ellen. And Vans then gave Daniel a lifetime supply of Vans. Damn, Daniel. That's good. Bonkers. Well, The internet is wicked. The internet is wicked. And do you know what? If you go to patreon.com yeah. forward slash guitar nerds, yeah. you put down $10 a month. Yeah. That gives you access to not only an extra half an hour of guitar nerds content every week, but you get to have your name read out you do. at the end of every bloody damn Daniel episode it's of true. Guitar Nerds. And this time, because Joe Branton isn't here, I'm going to read their names out and people are actually going to hear who it is that we have to thank, especially for being an executive producer and helping us executively produce this. It's the end of the pod as we know it. Andy McKenzie. It's the end Joe of the Depto. As we know Eric Siri. It's the end Paul of the Corrigan. Pod as we know Jack Godfrey. It's the end Dale of the Rascal. Pod as we know Jack Conroy. It's the end Will Clare. Chris Wilson. It's the end Scott O'Brien. Matt Quine. It's the end Fletch Fletcher, Phil Thompson, it's the end. Laurie Anstis, Moog Gravit, it's the end. Colin Anderson, as we know it. Cha cha cha. Matt, you look so bloody bored. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually, um, usually when that happens, I'm like, do you know what? I'll just spend that, that that glorious one two minutes looking at really expensive guitars, and I thought I'll just go to Wildwood, you know, because. 
They've got like 300 les custom shop Les Pauls in stock at the moment. It's bonkers. Unbelievable. Anyway, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for our Patreon backers. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that rendition of the classic rem hit it's the, the end, end of, of the, the pod podcast. as we know it um, do uh, join us next week in the meantime if you want to uh, get involved do go to the facebook group facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum where you can submit questions and chat to other podcast listeners about stuff and ting you can and people who don't know that we the, do a podcast yeah go on there in fact if you're listening to the end of the podcast <laughs> what i want you to do is go on to the facebook group and talk about the podcast <laughs> because there's a lot of people in the group and I don't think all of them know that there's, it's connected o- to the there's podcast. There's over 2,000 people in that group now. And definitely a lot of them don't listen. Like, I actually accepted one of my friends into the group today. And I'm almost 100% certain he didn't know that it, that it was me who was an admin. And that it's a group about the podcast. I'm almost 100% sure. So what I want you to do is introduce... If you've made it to the end of this podcast through that nonsense song that we just did, you're obviously quite a loyal podcast listener. What no, it's you- just that they're driving and they can't... <laughs> can't they're, turn they're, wait, they're waiting for, like, um, for the, the next episode of... Uh, Serial. Of, of Serial to come up. Yeah, yeah, and we're just here waffling on. Indeed, indeed. So what I want you to do is find someone in the Facebook group who doesn't know that it's a podcast and introduce them to the <laughs> podcast. It's like find a friend. It's like Tinder. Can you match with someone in the group? <laughs> we need to Tinderize this bad boy. Anyway, um, you can also join us on Twitter at Guitar Nerds or on Instagram at Guitar Nerds or on Periscope at Guitar Nerds. You can also go to the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Guitar Nerds videos for loads of fun and games on there um, or you can follow us uh, if you want to hear a man having basically a war with Southern Rail you can go to <laughs> at Mark underscore random if you want to follow Matt you can go to at Matt underscore Nightsy and if you want to follow Jay you can go to J-A-Y-B-N-1 yeah thanks for listening this week and we'll see you next week thanks gang cheers bye <laughs>